Hey there, and welcome to Homeschoolhood, the show and community where we talk about all things education and parenthood and the beautiful mess where they intersect, homeschool. I'm Erica Ladd, former public school teacher and parent turned homeschool mom to my two elementary age daughters. I never thought we'd homeschool, but we accidentally fell in love with it this past year and haven't looked back. Whether you homeschool or not, my hope is that you find encouragement, practical ideas, and some real talk about raising and educating tiny humans here on Homeschoolhood. Hello! This episode is all about general homeschool organization, and I think it has a lot of helpful tips for organizing kids' stuff in general, even if you don't homeschool. We're going to talk about setting up a space for homeschool, how I organize my time as a homeschooler, and what to do with all the stuff that comes with kids, and especially kids doing schooling at home. Before we get into that, I just wanted to say a big thank you to all of you who have left reviews and ratings on the podcast. It really helps the show, and I so appreciate it. And if you haven't done that, would you consider taking a few minutes out of your day to just let me and others know what you think of the show? Wherever you listen to it, it just really helps, and I am so thankful. Okay, let's talk about first organizing a space for homeschool. I want to get this out of the way before I get any further. Hear me clearly. You don't need a whole room dedicated to exclusively homeschool. Okay, so like we've kind of taken over our playroom as such upstairs, but it still serves more functions and isn't just a you know, a formal school room in our house. So dispel the notion for yourself that you need to have like a classroom set up in your home. In fact, it just kind of doesn't work that way. Um, Think about instead having a space that invites different types of seating and ways to learn. So I'll tell you about our homeschool setup. I did a whole little tour over on Instagram as well, but our homeschool room is actually our upstairs playroom. So we don't have basements or rec room um, type areas in Arizona here for whatever reason, but we do, what is very common in houses here is a loft space or a, like an upstairs family room basically. So that was already the girl's playroom and we now use it as our homeschool room, but we also will watch a family movie up there sometimes, or the girls play up there when it's not homeschool time. So we have a, um, it's a big space that I'm so grateful for. So there's a TV on the wall. I did the Ikea cube shelving running all along the wall underneath the TV, um, almost like looking like a half wall of built-ins for storage. There's another Ikea shelf over on the other wall. I have a big colorful rug in there and a sectional and a cozy ottoman. Um, you know, lamps for like lower lighting, mood lighting kind of situation. Um, place for toy storage plus book and curriculum storage. And then I am super lucky to have like the, the playroom is right next to my bedroom, but in between the two, I have this little mini hallway with a space that has a tiny countertop and then lower cabinets and upper cabinets, just one set of each. And so that is kind of like my teacher desk. So I have a flat workspace there a little bit, and then I have places where I store things that are just for me and things that maybe we're not using at the moment. So that's what, that, that's what I do for our homeschool space. I also have a huge... Um, 3M decal for a whiteboard. So you can actually get these. I will link to them in the show notes for sure, but it is just a 
decal, but it's humongous. I don't even know. It must be, mm, I want to say like four feet by six feet. And it just sticks on the wall. And you guys, we have had it up there for years and it turns any wall into a whiteboard and it's incredible. So that's what we use when I want to use the board for things. So even if you don't have a room or don't have that kind of space, which just happened to serve us so well in this house, it could be a shelf or two off of your main living space. So you have the table maybe and the kitchen counter and the couches and the floor all to work from, right? Um, You just need a dedicated space to store some things and pull from. Um, It could be a shelf. It could be a cart. It could be multiple carts, like those little rolling carts from Michael's or Target or Ikea work great. You just want to have, no matter how you have things set up, clear zones for your things and their things. So they're going to need to be able to pull materials that they're using all the time, art supplies, their own books and curriculum. And then you want to have a place where you have, um, you know, your own teacher manuals stored or things that you don't want them into and to have daily access to. So just be thinking about a couple of those things. If you're new to homeschool and you're like, what? I don't know how to organize all this stuff. Start there. Your space, their space, clearly defined, um, clear zones for where things go. And then, you know, be creative. You don't, you do not have to have a whole room. Let's talk a little bit about organizing your time. This is one, honestly, that I am currently struggling with uh, between two podcasts and homeschool and just life in general. I'm having a hard time with this one, but I will tell you this, when thinking about your homeschool schedule, leave more open space than you think you need. I think this is why I'm struggling a little bit. Um, Things and activities came back after the pandemic and I was excited about that and also excited to implement some new curriculum and materials that we had for our second year here. And I think think I'm definitely guilty of trying to cram a bit too much in, especially at the beginning of this year. And we have felt that. So I am scaling back. I have found for me personally, I need, and this was really true even when the girls were in public school, I need at least two days a week with nothing going on other than homeschool um, or other than school and come home. I I cannot have an, an activity every single night of the week and really our whole family. I just think our family's rhythm that works best for. You may be a much more um, extroverted family and maybe that works for you. But I would say no matter what kind of, you know, your family's rhythm and personality is, think about some scheduled time that is not scheduled. (laughs) Think about some time that is set aside that you won't be cramming things into and it will really help your week out. So two nights a week or two, really two days a week where we have no outside commitments works really well for us. That being said, I think, you know, leave more open space than you think you need, but also don't leave everything too loosey-goosey. I think that some structure really helps. In our house, actually, lots of structure helps. It's something as adoptive parents that we've been doing for a long time, long before we homeschooled, as just a best practice in terms of um, trauma-informed parenting and letting kids know what to expect. Um, a schedule can go a very long way to soothe anxiety and help with transitions throughout the day. So that's something we were kind of already in the habit of doing. And I see so many benefits to that. It's still flexible. It's not like, 
you know, from 10.05 to 10.38, this is what we will be doing. But we have a daily rhythm. We have an order of operations. And at least on a daily basis, we know the next few things coming up. And I find that helps me stay on track. It helps the girls know what to expect. And they're just not feeling like jerked around all day long. And I think that's important. Another thing I think is super important for me managing and organizing my time as a homeschool mom is some dedicated lesson planning time for me on the weekend. This weekend, I went on a trip and I didn't have time to plan everything for the following week before I left. And coming home on Sunday night with no definite plan in place for the following week. Yes, some things are kind of on automatic and we know where to pick up in our curriculum, but man, it makes a really big difference when I can spend just, usually it's no more than two hours just getting everything printed for the weekend or for the upcoming week, getting um, library books requested that we, we might be using. I like to actually be even like a full week ahead on those. Um, just having a general plan uh, in place, seeing where maybe I need some supplies for an art activity really, really makes a big difference. And the more I try to wing it, the more <laughs> things go awry. So Having some dedicated lesson planning time for you to just reflect and get things situated for yourself for the week so you're not having to think on the fly every day really, really helps. All right, let's talk about organizing the stuff that comes with homeschool. I know some moms and dads who homeschool are great about trying to be more minimalist and have things, you know, keep things to a minimum. That's not really us. We love books. We love materials. We love games. So I don't think that you're going to get a ton of um, minimalist advice here. <laughs> but I do find, like I said, those Ikea cube shelves to be the best ever. I mean, really, truly, since the kids were little, you can put things in the square baskets that go in them. You can stack up even big books in there. Um, I just find them the most versatile, the most clean looking and really for the price, they hold up the best. So I highly recommend those for whatever kid space you're organizing with the, with their stuff. I try to be pretty strict with myself. Um, every one or two things that I bring in, one or two need to go out. And I need to rotate out maybe a game that they've outgrown or books that we're not using anymore. Um, plus just some couple times of year, uh, regularly timed purging seasons, definitely before the beginning of a new school year at the end. And then I think at least at the halfway point also. I also like to rotate things in and out, especially books. I like to rotate them in and out seasonally. I just keep the ones we're not using like up in our big linen closet. Um, I like to rotate in different toys and materials and it just keeps things fresh. It also helps you not have to have everything out at once and something that kids can get into at once. I think that if you have just everything accessible to them all the time. A lot of times that's when you turn, it turns into like, they don't even play with what they have. They don't even know what they have. So kind of rotating and being intentional about that when you can would be my suggestion. Another tip for organizing kids stuff is you don't have to keep everything in the original box. In fact, I have kind of a, kind of a hard time with the original box. Usually I have found these zipper pouches that are clear for all kinds of things. Um, and then you can just kind of file them in a basket, things like math manipulatives, dice, all of the little pieces and even puzzles, different things like that, lacing cards when they're littler, all those kinds of things. Um, I will link to a whole big set of Amazon um, 
zipper pouches and they have little clear sleeves in the front with a card in them so you can label what's in them and you can change that out as needed. I have found those to be so great, especially for the uh, math things that we use with their Singapore math program. I think it's perfect. Now, what to do with all the kids stuff, like the kids stuff that they bring home from school, the kids stuff that they make in homeschool, the things that they're done with. Here is what I've started doing. I have started, I they have one binder for any like loose leaf type things that we do, any worksheets, any printable type stuff. They also, and that's divided into tabs by section. So we kind of just keep everything in there. They also have one notebook, grade level notebook for the year. And I absolutely have fallen in love with the school nest notebooks. I will link those as well. Um, These were actually created by a homeschool mom and they are incredible. They are bound together so nicely. They're really pretty. And so we just do any like notebook type work in one notebook. So they have one notebook, one binder, and then their, you know, curriculum workbooks and things like that. And then for any like bigger things, art projects, different things like that, I have one of those, um, you know, maybe two foot tall uh, Rubbermaid drawer storage. And I have one shelf for each kiddo. And I just put all of that in there. I actually saw, and I cannot even remember where I saw it now. Another homeschool mom had this idea where she keeps it, keeps it all in there, art projects, all of the bigger stuff. Um, and then at the end of the school year, they host like a little showcase. So kind of an open house for, you know, grandparents or, you know, dad, all, everybody who may be interested, but doesn't get a, you know, front row seat like you do to the ins and outs of homeschool. And the kids get to go through and pick out their favorite pieces of work that they want to show. And then you can kind of set up like a display board and they get to show that and have kind of an end of the year celebration. I thought that was really cool. Um, In terms of art projects also, I've been taking pictures on a white background of the artwork. This is a tip from my friend, Kelsey, who you will know from the Girl Next Door podcast with me that... um, She takes a picture on a white background and then makes a photo book of her kids' art when she's gotten to a certain point. And I am intending to do the same. And that's already making me feel so good about documenting, you know, their super cute art, but not having it take up my whole house. Speaking of art, my kids love to make a lot of random art. That's a big form of play and creative expression for them. They would rather do art than lots of other things. So I do also have like a sketchbook for them so that there's not just random loose paper everywhere. If they just feel like drawing or coloring or making random pictures, they do it in the sketchbook. And I try as much as possible to encourage them to keep it in the book. Okay, another thing that is just a rule in our house that I I guess I didn't realize wasn't a rule in everybody's house. Um, But maybe think about this. My kids have always been taught to clean up one thing before taking out another. I know it seems maybe obvious or it might also seem a little restrictive if kids just love to have all these different toys out and things. And if they're if they're genuinely playing with, you know, a lot of different, you know, if they're playing animals with their Legos, building a farm for the animals, that's fine. But I just mean before we go on to then painting or going outside or before a mealtime we clean those things up. And that's just how it's always been since they were little. And so that really helps keep our homeschool now, especially with all the more um, stuff and projects and materials out that just really helps us stay 
organized. And I very rarely get to the end of the homeschool day and feel like, oh my gosh, my whole house is a tornado, but we learned a lot. It doesn't really feel like that usually because we just, they just are really good at cleaning up after themselves at this point. So I don't think you have to, if if the mess bothers you, I don't think you have to just live under this idea that, you know, it has to be messy or I didn't let them be creative enough. It's okay to clean up before you move on to the next thing. Let's talk technology for a second. So I like a paper planner for my actual lesson planning and I have a plum paper one. I'll try to do a little tour of my planner maybe on Instagram for you party animals out there. Um, I have found that it's super helpful for me to have a digital calendar with dates and reminders, but then to every week when I do that lesson planning um, session to also add in like what we're having for dinner that night, what my to-dos are. So I have a column for my own to-dos in there, what our obligations are so that I can think of it a week at a time. That really helps me. It also helps me then at that point to ask my husband, like if he's going to need to watch the kids one night, if we're going to need to coordinate something, just kind of have a little meeting every week to see where we're at um, in terms of the family schedule. So that really helps me to have it all in one place. But there are lots of other ways I'm using technology to help me stay organized. So the first one is I bought myself a used iPad Pro. Um, I needed to upgrade my iPad, but mostly because I want to use as many PDF printables as possible on the iPad in terms of curriculum and resources. I find a ton that I use with the girls. Our music curriculum is on there um, that has like YouTube links to people performing instruments and things. So a lot of those curriculum pieces are actually easier to use on an iPad because you can kind of scroll through and then click on the link and then set it up for them to watch the video. So I'm trying to print a lot less, which also helps with the clutter. Um, I have been starting to implement uh, a digital portfolio system. Now, by starting to, I mean, I have it set up and it's supposed to be kind of touched base with monthly at least, but ideally weekly. And I haven't quite started doing that yet. So I have some catching up to do, but I got this idea from Jessica from the Waldock Way, who is another homeschool mom. Um, you can look up her YouTube video on that and I'll link to it in show notes too. But in the state she lives in, um, a portfolio is it is a part of the assessment process that is required for homeschool by state law. We don't have that here in Arizona, but who knows, they could change that at some day. And also I just wanna have the record as a keepsake, as a um, means to keep myself on track and, and keep a memory of everything we're doing without having to keep all the paper and all of the curriculum pieces for years to come. So I can, we can get into more about that, but really go watch her video. And I, like I said, I will link to it. And it's just, I kind of um, tweaked it a little bit. I'm using Google Drive. I think she uses something else, a different program for it, but just creating a few basic tabs and folders to keep track of what we did for the school year. So I'm working on that. Um, I keep a couple of different notes on my phone as I think of them. One for future ideas. So if I see a curriculum that I like that I might want to try someday or an, an educational app or a field trip idea, whatever it is, I have a note on my phone for future homeschool ideas. And this really helps with just the mental clutter in my brain of having to try to remember all that kind of stuff. 
Um, there's just a lot. You come across a lot as a homeschool mom of things that might be a good idea. And so I try to keep a, a close track of that on my phone and then it's all there when I need it. I also would recommend a list of your educational websites and apps and things that your kids use for homeschool and the passwords for them in one place. Now, if my husband is listening to this episode, he has so lovingly set us up on LastPass, which is an app that can link all your passwords. You can easily share login info and passwords like for your bank accounts, for your um, you know stuff your kids use, whatever it might be with your family. And it helps keep everything in one place so you don't have to remember it all, but it's a much more secure way to do it than just using the same password for everything. <laughs> so I would highly recommend getting on something like that because you will find as your kids start using more and more games and apps and um, you know have all these digital subscriptions that it becomes a lot to manage and it gets in the way of your learning if you have to stop and search for a password every single time you just want them to maybe practice their math facts on a, on a certain game while you work with their sister on something or whatever that might be. Okay, I think that's it for this episode. This was just a short one, but I'm gonna definitely share in more detail and give you some visuals of some of these things that I've been talking about over in my stories on Instagram. Uh, remember over there, I am at Lad Erica, L-A-D-D-E-R-I-C-A. You can find all kinds of videos there uh, about organization, curriculum, resources, all the things of our homeschool. So go check that out. Check that out over there. You can also find the show notes, like I mentioned, for this episode with links to anything I talked about in your podcast player. And I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at hellohomeschoolhood at gmail.com. Until next time, remember you are your child's first and most important teacher and you've got this.